You are listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. We want to help demystify marketing to reduce risk, drive more and better opportunities and grow your business. Are you ready to master marketing? Today, in addition to my very special guest, Bill Lowell, we have an even more specialer guest, uh, Amy Hirado. Um, how are things? Uh, thanks for being here, by the way. Welcome to the program. Thank you. How are things behind the cheddar curtain? Are you are you asking Amy or myself? So you guys are both behind the cheddar curtain. It's just a blackout right. of news. We don't know what's happening for, back there. For our Is listeners, the mozzarella uh, good or? I'm, I'll I'll give a quick uh, insight. Uh, I'm in the Milwaukee area, and Amy is in the Madison area, so we're probably what 90 miles away, Amy. But it's beautiful, and Amy, I don't, I'll let you answer that question. But it's beautiful up here today. It is. You know, we're entering into beer and brat season with a side of cheddar cheese, so I can't complain. It's wonderful up here. It's <laughs> behind the bratwurst curtain, that's even funnier. <laughs> that's right. Well, my roots go back to Milwaukee, so. Yeah, As do brought- mine. City of my birth, built a great yep. business there. Now we're in Austin, Texas, through the modern miracle of technology. Here we all are all together. Um, but Bill, you have a long-standing relationship with Amy, and, and why don't you tell us a little bit about your friend? And uh, I'm sure she can tell us about herself as well. But how are you doing? I, I'm doing great, and seriously, we're honored to have you here, Amy. So thank you for agreeing to to be part of the the podcast today. So. Uh, Amy and I go back probably about, I think, at least five years, uh, isn't it, Amy? Four or five years. We've been doing some work with her organization, and she is a marketing genius. There is no doubt about that. And uh, she's in charge of marketing and communication for an organization called WEA Member Benefits. And so uh, Amy can explain a little bit more of that. But uh, it's like when you talked about having the net promoter score as the topic, I said, she's got to be our guest because she probably knows more about it than most anybody. So uh, that's that's why I'm so excited to, to have Amy here with us today. So Amy, I don't know if, if you wanted to correct anything I just said, but go ahead. You know. No, that's great. And thank you, Bill and Pete, for having me on, on board today. I'm excited to uncover some truth about marketing and this thing we call uh, net promoter score. So yeah, um, absolutely. <clears throat> No, it's our it's our pleasure, and I think that you know it's one of those topics that um, it just depends on who you talk to. There's going to be an opinion about it, um, and so. But I think it'd be a good idea to probably tell people really quick net promoter score. So, and and you guys correct me, uh, but it measures satisfaction and loyalty by asking them how likely are they to recommend your product or service to others. And is it always on a scale of one to ten? I think zero um, to ten. Zero to ten, right? And it's, you know, it's easy. Uh, so that's kind of a cool part of it. And it's, you know, like I said, it's been a little bit, it's become kind of controversial, but it, it originates quite a while ago. Um, what were you saying? The, I didn't know who invented it. We've used there, it. There was a, a book called The Ultimate Question. And then he had a follow-up and it was Richard Reichfeld and Bob Markey were the, the two that kind of wow. created it. But, uh, um, you know, I don't know, Amy, if, do you mind if I explain a little bit about it and then... Well, um, so really, I mean, it is on a zero to 10 scale and it is the question, what's the likelihood, which is a great question uh, that you'd recommend our organization to, you know, a friend or colleague. So that's key. Um, Typically what happens is if you score a nine or a 10, you're considered a promoter, which 
I know Amy will talk a little bit about referrals and word of mouth, but if you're a if you're a promoter, you're saying really good things and you're screaming good things about our organization from the rooftop. If you're a zero to six, uh, you're kind of a detractor and you could probably be saying things that really hurt the organization. And I don't need to get into all the calculations, but typically the calculation is taking your promoters and subtracting them from your detractors and you get you get a number. It's uh, so Amy, I don't know important. if you want to add something else to that. You go right ahead. Well, that's basically it. And I think um, my organization about five years ago hired Bill and his organization to help us um, with surveying. Um, at that time, we were really uh, suffering from survey paralysis, really. We, we surveyed everything. You called, we sent you a survey. You called, we talked to you about a survey. Um, so we really wanted to, I think um, some of the executives in our organization at the time had read the book, and we really wanted a way to be able to measure the score, um, to measure the customer satisfaction um, in a way that was uh, you know, measurable and something that we could do something with. So that's kind of how we, we came upon Bill and his organization to help us through that, that whole process. Now, from a really practical standpoint, I mean, it, it's really a question on, a, on an, an instrument survey with other questions, right? And so if people are wondering, you know, what exactly, it's a, it's a research tool, it's a question, and it's a score, and it, it's one way to measure loyalty, but you're using it to improve the, the, the customer's experience. So how do you, you know, how, how does the, what does the customer experience look like at a firm like yours? Because we're B two B services, and so I think you're you're right in the crosshairs there. Yeah, so we're a little bit of both. We do B two B, and then we also do B two C. So our organization is financial services in nature. That's our flagship product. Um, we have a uh, financial four hundred three B and uh, IRA products that we uh, administer for um, Wisconsin's public school employees. Um, so we're kind of a niche uh, group that, that does uh, financial services for public educators. Um, and then we also have a line of, of personal insurance, auto home, life insurance that we offer to that same group as well. Um, but our, in terms of uh, the customer experience, we have a lot of, like I said, B2C and B2B. So we work with school districts on the B2B side. Um, to get them to understand the importance of offering a retirement savings program for their employees. Um, and we help them administer that uh, part of the program for their benefits, for their employee benefits. Um, and then on the consumer side, we have you know basic customer service, um, we have call centers and uh, so on and so forth. So it's a little mixture of both. Yeah, so, but, that's, you know, so Amy, it's interesting that NPS works across those, uh, those two uh, very usually very different markets, so that so interesting. Pete, Pete, if I could just clarify for a second, because I think you were onto something that was really insightful that I think the listeners will want to hear a little bit more about. And Amy, if you want to expand on it, you go ahead. But you asked, so like I don't want the listeners to think that it's just one question, just like you said. It's just what's the likelihood that it? It's just one concept, but you're absolutely right. It's there's a whole lot of other questions that that Amy's organization asks and so they're they're measuring you know they're measuring customer input in so many different areas including reviewing their products their services customer services one area communication is another area but in the customer service segment of her of her research 
they definitely implement the you know the the zero to ten scale so amy i don't know if you want to add to that but so it, you know it, they're measuring a lot of different stuff it's not just a one thing right. deal right I, and I, th I guess that's what i was trying to say it's usually you know, I mean, I have seen one question surveys that were NPS score. That's it. You know, I mean, there's maybe yeah. some value in that. But I think a company like yours got to put it in, in some kind of context. But um, but you specifically mentioned uh, member experience or customer experience. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about that. So you want to know how it has improved your customer experience well, with I, the organization? I want to know how, you know, what is what is a, your, a customer experience look like or a customer journey, let's say, on the B2C side? Uh, and and does it follow to the B B two B side? I mean, is it you know people do their own research now, and then they have these are customers that are already experiencing a relationship with the firm, and you're asking them how likely are you to refer us? Um, yeah. And so how does it how does it impact customer experience? How does the score uh, you know? I think for us it impacts our uh, customer experience a lot actually because. Our business was basically built on referrals, and that is the primary source of what we see is primary. Uh, the source of customers' referrals are, are definitely the primary source of how people get to know us. Um, and I think that's because of the relationships that we have formed with the school districts over the years. Um, we've been in business now for 50 years, actually 51. Um, and we've, we've been able to form that relationship on the B2B side uh, quite well over the years. And so the trust is there. Um, their employer has you know, hired a vendor to help administer their retirement program. And so they have the opportunity then um, as an individual, as a consumer, to perhaps choose from a number of different vendors within their employer uh, set to um, you know, uh, open a retirement account with. And a lot of times it is the old veteran teachers in the building who are the ones saying, you know, just start something, start, you know, $5 a month, put away into your retirement account. And those are the types of word of mouth that we often hear um, helps us, you know, get our name in front of some of the newer folks that, that need to do that sort of thing. So um, that's the first part of the journey. And then the second part of the journey is once they decide to open an account with us or, um, you know, uh, decide to do some sort of service with us, then they uh, typically either come in through a financial uh, presentation that we offer through those school districts. We have people in the field who are um, experts, if you will, in uh, doing financial education. Um, or it is a, a consultation. So we also offer some complimentary consultations to help people understand the the need for personal savings in their retirement picture. Um, so it's a lot of that. And, and again, the way people get to that is primarily from referrals, people they trust in their school um, right. that are saying something great about whatever organization. So for you us, know, this I, is benchmark. It's another thing <laughs> that intersects B2C to B2B, where they're both fueled by, by referrals. You're referring your neighbor, uh, you're referring another school district. Um, what's interesting to me is I run into a lot of potential clients and, and clients and marketing people that, you know, are CEOs, people that make big marketing decisions. In their mind, marketing is for new customers, not for referrals. So we, we don't need to do marketing. We're all word of mouth based. Um, so, you know, if, if you're referral based, that really elevates the NPS score. And so, and 
Bill, explain how the scoring works, because you were trying to you were trying to get that through my five year old brain uh, before the program. <laughs> so you so, get a, so so you you're really measuring your organization's performance. Oh, a- absolutely, and that's something that I hope Amy will talk a little bit about too. But so there's a zero to ten scale. So zero means I'm not gonna I'm not gonna recommend you or refer you to anybody. Uh, ten means I'm definitely shouting your name from the rooftops, and I'm very likely to recommend you. And and anybody can score a zero to ten anywhere they want. I mean, so it's anywhere on that scale, and so they give you a number. But the key thing is. Like I'd mentioned before, the nines and tens are what organizations hope to get because the nines and tens are those high numbers where they're shouting your name, your praise from the rooftops. If you're getting anything from a zero to a six, you're considered what's called a detractor, which means uh, most likely you're not saying anything good about the organization. And in fact, you might be saying a lot of things bad about it. And so what you do and, and the middle category is the called the passives, which uh, we hope we don't have too many of those, but we try to bring the passives up to the to the promoters. But you know, I don't want to get too detailed. But really, what? No, it, that's really helpful. It, yeah, you know, and then, it, so go go for it. Well, I was going to say it 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 almost makes it a little bit scary, I think, to marketers because it's gonna it's it's really if you keep if if you've got a majority of low scores or you know, like in our case, we got a minus five. That's where they wait for you in the parking garage. You know, yes. if, you, if, you get, if it gets that bad. <laughs> yeah. Those are the disgruntled. I don't but, know. But even but, even you know, I don't know about, and and Amy's Amy's group does phenomenal. Every year they you know usually exceed their number, and and their number. That's the other thing that's really nice about having this is that there's a a national benchmark against other groups in the industry, so you can kind of see how you compare. Like she said, yeah. financial services, but they could look at financial services. They could look at it against insurance companies and see how are they comparing and. You know, a standardization, not, not letting any really. secrets out of school, they always blow yeah. the roof off. You know. Oh, that's awesome, and it's it's a trend. So, just to kind of set this part up, it's really not something you do once, no. right? So, no. so tell us how you use it. So we if you started. Don't, if that's okay, if it's not, unless yeah. that's a state secret, I don't know. <laughs> no, there's no state secret over here, but. Um, we so we've hired Bill's group to help us with this probably about five years ago. So I think this is our fifth survey that we've had Bill and his team help us with. And we do this once a year. Yep. It typically is at the end of the year, end of the calendar year. Um, and we try to keep it consistent with timing, uh, time of year and so on and so forth, because I think it's important. It is still kind of a, st- uh, a snapshot in time. Right. So we're, um, looking at a snapshot in time as to when the person were to take the survey and their feelings at the moment of that uh, particular time in their life. Right. Um, but we use ultimately the the uh, survey, the NPS score is used as a benchmark. So we know how uh, we can we compare to other like-minded uh, organizations in our industry and in financial services. Um, we do have some competitors, of course, as everybody does. Um, so it's helpful for us to get that benchmark so that we can make informed decisions of where we're at. Um, and Absolutely. I think it also, it also for us, um, you know, if our, our scores are high or if they went down from year to year, it also lets us know perhaps why. Um, and, and we get to that point by asking some 
pretty pointed questions on the survey so we can kind of understand where the pain points are along that customer journey. Um, and that's important to us because then as a marketer, as um, an executive on the team over here, we can kind of make adjustments uh, to the way that we are, um, you know, doing our business. So it's well, very that's helpful. That's the context, right? It's like score by itself it's going to tell you some things but and then you get you get the context where it gets more you know where the rubber hits the road is what do we change you know we're not happy with that or we're we want to push that score higher or you know but what are the specific on the ground things and i think that's where that context comes in um mm -hmm. but i wonder how many marketers you know see it as kind of a threat because it is an easy thing to implement and it and it is a pretty powerful measurement um, well, and the other thing, I think like any research, two things. One, the other thing that I really like what her organization does is they ask a follow-up question, Pete, that says, why did you give us the score that uh -huh. you did? Right. And that, like Amy said, and she's got some other questions that I won't get into, but those really help her to understand, okay, what's going on? And can she see some trends from that? So I think that that's really good. The other thing is I do think it's intimidating for other marketers to do this because what happens if it's not so good? Or like you said, you're committing to another year to follow up and see, can we get some improvements? So, you know, I'm sure Amy would say the right. same thing that I would say is I would never do this if you're scared of what people are going to say to you, you know, uh -huh. maybe that's a reason to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, that's exactly the reason, but they won't, you know, well, I want to point out this. You mentioned trends. And so we're kind of, we talk about this on the, the program occasionally. We probably should talk about it more. When people are looking at any kind of analytics, the numbers in a lot of cases are somewhat relative. So it's what you're really looking at is a trend, you know, a trend over time, right? And mm -hmm. so that's why, you know, we, we don't want to discourage anyone doing, even doing research at all is, uh, makes you in the top 2% of all, you know, companies because they don't do research. Um, but, doing it once, I mean, it is one of those things It really should be an ongoing function of the organization because maybe you've got 20 different metrics and then what counts is how they trend over time, right? So as long as your metrics from a month to month or a quarter to quarter basis are all going in the right direction, you know, you're doing well. And if a few of them are going in the wrong direction, then you can use the contextual information to, to make operational changes. So, um, so that's pretty cool. What other, what, uh, what kinds of insights you know, can you share any specific insights that that the score has has led you to? Yeah, um, I can share a lot. I, there's lots of insights that we've oh, gleaned. Well, I thought I was here. putting you on the spot, so that's good to hear. I I didn't want to put you on. No, the spot. you know, sometimes it's it's you do these surveys and you feel like um, they didn't really tell us anything that we didn't already know, right? But in that regard, it is validating for those of us who sit behind the scenes and have done the work to help put these surveys together that, okay, you know, maybe we're not crazy. We actually do understand that this is potentially an issue or this is um, something that is really great that, that the team is doing. Um, and I think we've uncovered a few of those things over the years and it's been helpful. It's been really neat to see the trends um, with the survey results that we've had. I think over the last five years that have helped us make some better decisions, uh, certainly on the customer service and operations side, but then also from a marketing standpoint, um, you know, we've added in a couple of questions, I think over the last two years that ask things about, um, you know, how do you prefer to be communicated with? Is it digitally? Is it text? Is it email? Is it phone? Um, and we've seen a change, actually a recent change in 
uh, what we always thought was people were not really wanting to hear from us over the phone. But now the switch is they prefer communicating over the phone, which is in a different, uh, it's certainly different for us uh, to be thinking that way. So we know that it's important to continue to have uh, live representatives answering the phone and making some outbound phone calls um, as well. So those are the types of, of information that we glean from these reports every year that I think is very important to business. Well. Well, mark, good marketing should be based on the scientific method. And so what we're talking about is research is a form of testing a hypothesis that the marketing strategist said, I think this is what's going to engage best or, or produce this result. And then this is testing that. So, you know, a lot of folks, we're always trying to dispel myths. One of them is that marketing is just all creative. It's brainstorming. It's, you know, it's Cows with sunglasses, you know, it's... Uh, you mean it's not? It's, it's <laughs> parts of it, uh, but but no, you know, it's it, if you're doing it right, and, and maybe this is a great way that people can ask themselves, hey, are we using the scientific method in our marketing or are we just listening to Ron? Because yeah. that's two different things. Um, hey, if you don't mind, let me just real quick um, want to plug this um, web... Uh, we do these webinars as part of what we're even doing today on the program, which is helping people understand marketing better. And one way that we do that is with webinars. We've got one coming up. Um, I can say the date, but this video will live forever and no one will know what that means. But you can check out the comments uh, for the next date. We're actually running all these different ones continuously. This one is getting it right, how to develop a message that customers can't resist. And so it's science, it's art, and it's not just a webinar. We're gonna help you work on your message, okay? So you're gonna leave there with a better message um, if, uh, Depending on which ticket you bought, you're also going to get some tools and all that sort of thing. So I'm looking forward to that. It's coming up a uh, week or so. But uh, back to the NPS score. And, and also you can catch this program uh, every Thursday at 11 o'clock Central Time on LinkedIn, on YouTube, and coming very soon a lot more other places. It's going to get kind of weird. We're going to get some of those people sitting on our lawn and, you know. Oh, that's good. I'm I'm. I'm used to it. So are you? Um, you're gonna have them sitting on your lawn. You're gonna be playing some music for them. Is that what you're gonna? No, do? no, no. We'll we'll be setting the dogs on them. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> um, we tested them and they they flunked the net promoter score. They get the dogs. Um, That's beautiful. By the way, you know, talking about the net promoter score, I I don't know if anybody's been to a doctor, you know, or a healthcare group, but almost always, I don't know what it is. I am always getting the zero to 10 scale when I go visit a doctor. Oh. And so it's like, I just kind of chuckle at it because they're, they're using it a lot, you know? So. Well, look how old I am. And then that should answer the first question. Uh, but funny here in Texas, okay. apparently they don't care whatsoever. So we never okay. get that here. So maybe they should. Uh -oh. I just had an experience with Cotman transmissions, Cotman, uh -oh. pretty good sized national company. First of all, Cotman, Hey, your website doesn't work on the iPad at all. Uh, and uh, the other thing is, uh, at the bottom, there's a whole bunch of code showing. I mean, this is like a big, you know, good-sized company. Then they have a phone number. That's their 800 number. You can find a location or you can call, right? Right? So I call because I tried to call the one here. It turns out they're not even in business anymore. It's still listed on the website. Phone numbers don't work. Uh, so I call the national number because I just have a question, right? Uh, it has a recording that says, find a location to call there. So Cotman, you need some help, give us a call. We'll fix that stuff. Uh, 
And if you did a net promoter score, you'd probably find out how much business went over to Amco, yeah. who's now working on my transmission. There you go. <laughs> now, would the, would the NPS score help something like that? Because I'd kind of be like, two, one. Ooh, there's a zero option? <laughs> I better well, let's let tag them. Let's question. tag them in the comments. We'll find out who the CEO is. We'll tag them in the yeah, comments. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Amy, sure they'll become a say, sponsor. Amy, didn't you and I say we're from Minneapolis? Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get in trouble here, you know. <laughs> I'll let well, Amy hit that one if you want. You know, so. I, I have to say, though, that I was, um, you know, I do remember using it and, and using it a lot. And I think there was a period of time it kind of fell, it fell out of favor with me. You know, I think that too many people were, it's kind of like customer satisfaction surveys where very valuable to do, you should do them. But if you're not going to take action, if you're not going to do the survey properly, you know, then you're going to have things like, well, who, you know, a satisfied customer will still buy from a competitor. Well, that's true. Um, someone who says that they'll refer you may not necessarily refer you, but that's actually not, not what the measurement it's about. It's a lot more meta than that, isn't it? It isn't whether that specific person who's answering the survey is actually going to make a referral. It's what is their propensity, mm -hmm. which speaks mm -hmm. to like how... You know, how thrilled are they? I mean, I guess our music shows work the same way. If we have a great night, we get a ton of word of mouth. If we have a eh, night, not so much. People still enjoy it. They clap. They almost act exactly the same. But the difference between a great show and a, and a pretty good show is the word of mouth. With one, you get it. With one, you don't. You know. Amy, do you want to address that or did you want me to? You, go ahead, Bill. Why don't you start? I actually really like that analogy of the performance, Pete, because if they, like you said, if they like you, you know, chances are they're going to give you a good score. But like you said, sometimes the uh, the music is over the top and they just absolutely are going to just start screaming. I just went to this great concert or whatever the case right. is. So I think I think you're right. And then the other thing that you said, which I think is very scary, and I would be, uh, you know, I'd be interested to see how other uh, people think about this would be, when somebody does really score you low, to me, you know, you've got to look at it in the trend category, you know, so like one person giving you a two or a three, maybe it's just a bad experience, but if you've got a lot of people doing that, and that's why I kind of like that net promoter score, because if you subtract that from the promoters, you know, it may not look that pretty if you're getting a lot of people that are giving you bad scores. So it might be that your transmission company needs to start paying attention to that. <laughs> Well, it's especially important, I think, in the insurance industry, which we actually yes. have a ton of experience in because yeah. it's all about their experience. Because a lot of times, you know, a broker or somebody is in that role, you know, the, the news, they're always they're delivering a lot of bad news all the time. Right. And that's right. it's kind of out of their control. Sometimes it depends on how they do it. Some some places have their own actuaries and they split apart all the policies and they change things around and, and put it back together. And, you know, and they're able to save some money. But most of the time. I'd hate to be, uh, you know, an agent coming with another uh, rate hike. So it, so somehow I think you have to transcend that and provide such a phenomenal experience that not only do they stay, but they tell somebody, which is the next step, right? You know, in the in the band, as a band, I'm a band leader. So, um, and we, I, I'll just tell the, the folks if you're in Austin, Texas, I'm a, an artist in residence at the famous Saxon Pub, which is a old roadhouse down here, and and so. Um, 
but you know, our perception of our own performance, you know, on nights that we feel like we're not quite connecting, people are still doing exactly what they do. They're tipping, they're applauding, they're almost acting exactly the same way. But on those really special nights that we try to do every time, but we don't always get there, where everything is just clicking and it's one of those magical nights, you can feel it in the air. And that's, it's, it's the word of mouth. And because the next show you actually, you know, we talk to people, uh, how'd, you, how'd you find out about us? And it's a ton of word of mouth, really. And we do a lot of promotion, but we don't ever hear somebody say, well, I saw that in social media, I thought I'd come scope it out. No, it's always like, hey, my friend Jeff, right? Um, and so, you know, that informs us on we should probably play better. Yeah. Yeah. We should, we should put a rehearsal in once in a while. Nah. Couple of, a, that. a couple of my clients that use the MPS score, they kind of tie it to either bonuses or some kind of leadership compensation. So, hmm. uh, you know, I mean, so there are ways to, to deal with that if, you know, you know, depending on how things go. So that might be something. But uh, one of the other things that I was hoping that maybe we could talk to is if somebody is skeptical, Amy, is there anything that that we should, you know, is there anything that's a question that somebody, you know, so anything, I don't say wrong with the MPS score or anything that might raise a question for, for somebody thinking about doing this that you would that you'd give them the other side? You know, I think that's a great question. I think we touched a little bit on this earlier, but if you're not going to do anything with the score, then what's the point of measuring something? Um, if you're not going to try to get better uh, with with whatever results you get from this, um, what's the point of doing it? So you have to be committed, I think, for the long term um, in order for this to be successful and in order for you to be able to, as an organization, make some changes. Um, and you have to be willing to do that as well and listen to the feedback that you get. Um, and I think that's important. And it's just it, and, and that, you know, we're, we're a relatively small organization. So getting our executive team and and our management team to actually listen and understand some of the comments and the feedback that may not be as great as we anticipated. Um, getting them to understand and listen to those comments is really important. And they do. And I think that's um, that's where things are. This becomes really helpful from an organization standpoint. Um, and you can start to make some small changes that hopefully will uh, end up doing better things for the organization as a whole. Well, so, and we're talking about research in the context of doing it with customers that you've already won. Right. So many companies are in a position where they're trying to make big marketing decisions, but they're they're either working on company lore or just uh, their own sort of inside their head perception and they go into it without any sort of plan, without any sort of validation. You know, this is one way that you can kind of abuse these things, throw it in there at the beginning and then, or, you know, or do put the plan in place and then start afterwards. You know, the idea should be is research should be reducing your risk on your marketing spend and then enabling you to focus on different areas and I think the example of hey somebody has an anomaly maybe your phone system f flips out maybe it's not so stupid as Cotman it just is flips out for one call right well you might get a a bad score well we need you know and an executive might see that one bad score and get pretty excited but that's where I think we as as marketing professionals you know it's it's really our job to make sure that they understand the context I love the question by the way why'd you score us that way 
Um, you know, but understand the context and also that it's an aggregate view is what counts. Oh, so yeah, any important. one answer doesn't really mean a lot in, in the bigger context. And especially if you start getting into big sample sizes, right? Um, yeah. What kind of sample sizes are, are you guys seeing? We had, let's see, Phil, we might want to help me out with the math and the metrics on this one, but I, on our I can, I can, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to tell anything. <laughs> oh, well, if that's, that could be no. competitive information. That's really up to the oh, guest. The only it's like thing marketing I'll, folks sitting around talking. I forget we're on the, on the old the only, LinkedIn. It, it depends on if Amy wants to make you cry or not, Pete. <laughs> we, Pete and I oh, did no. a study, Amy, uh, for another company a little while ago, and I'm telling you, we were calling and sending stuff and email. I mean, we did everything to try to get, and it was like, no one was responding. And we were like, please, like, what's going on here? You know, so. Well, because know, we never see it. Make, we never see yeah. that. So we're kind of like, what? You know, it's very seldom that we, we get confused yeah, over our work, right? right? We're like, what's what's up with this? And we'll tell you why here at the end of this. But, the, uh, but, and I don't know if. Amy, if you want to share anything, otherwise, if you want me to, you let me know. Otherwise, I'll, I'll respect your. But I, all I can tell the audience is, they blow the, the lid off of everything. I mean, their their response rate is phenomenal, and it's they're kind of scary. They get the, you know, which I think is why they get such high scores too. People love them, you know. Well, so, you know, any type of customer research. We've talked about this before. Your customers want to help you. Yeah. Do they not? And I guess this I, is a, a way to measure it. That's absolutely true. And we do see um, phenomenal open rates on emails, just from a marketing perspective. Sometimes it's like, wow, I didn't, we didn't think that was going to resonate with people, but it did. And they open their emails and they pick up the phone and they tell us when they're not happy or when they are happy. Um, there's a lot of feedback that we get from our customers, which is really insightful and it's very helpful for us too. So we, um, for our surveys, we consistently get a significant, a statistically significant sample size yeah, um, there. Every time we've done these uh, NPS surveys, the perception surveys that we do every year. So um, that's a true testament to how much our, our, our customers are engaging with our organization. So yeah, well, it's, and, it's and so really the, the question today, you know, vanity metric or powerful tool, I guess we're leaning on the side of powerful tool. Um, and uh, the viewers will see that that title just popped up because I had it turned off accidentally. But now uh -oh. it's on and it says, you know, uh, we like to put the title at the top of the podcast through the whole thing. Because, you know, people will, if they're interested in that topic, they'll see that and they'll, they'll watch it. And if they're not, they could skip it. And so we like to like to put that up. But you know, it's, uh, I don't know how sad, we should survey our own, actually, here's what we're going to do. We do our next podcast next week, and I don't know the topic yet, because we haven't talked about it yet, but we're going to, we're going to go ahead and post a survey uh, to see if people would recommend this podcast. There you go. Should we do that? Yeah, well, they, they're definitely going to do it now after Amy's been our guest, so for <laughs> sure we'll, we'll do that. Oh, if I we'll can, have you back on to cry. If I could make a comment, though, to the listeners and Amy and Pete, you guys jump in after I say this. I, I think two things. One, I think any kind of customer research that you want to do is going to be healthy with the exception 
of what Amy said. If you're not willing to do something about it, or if you're not really going to pay attention to it, then don't do it. The second thing that I want to say is I think each organization goes through its own level of what I would call life cycle or sophistication. So some people might start off, maybe they're just making a few calls and finding out what customers want. Maybe somebody is doing a survey, maybe somebody to the point of where WA member benefits. I mean, they're very sophisticated. They're doing, they're doing the best, you know, possible. So I think, you know, again, I, I think it depends on where people are and you don't have to jump into it. Maybe start off with something, uh, a smaller survey, if that's what you want to do and, and see where people are. Well, so and this is, this is a thing that, you know, maybe is blowing our own horn a little bit here, but an experienced researcher is going to be able to work with a smaller sample size. So it isn't just about, you know, there's a lot you could do with small samples. Um, I think that, you know, as we always tell people, if you're doing research, it needs to be structured right. You know, it's it's not something that you should have your assistant do if they don't have a research background. Um, it, it, if Because you can skew data and make really expensive mistakes. And so yes. you want to make sure that it's done according to the standards in the industry and that uh, they're not leading questions. And then and then you have somebody who's a third party to, to help you interpret it because all of us are full of bias of our own business. I mean, I, I'll just tell you, I brought in marketing consultants to help me. Actually, Bill is a marketing consultant that helped me. Um, and because sometimes I think we're so close to it and this is one way to take what is sometimes kind of subjective, right, experience and and create a, a tangible measurement. I think so that's I guess I'm a convert. <laughs> I would say that's an important point, Pete, because the bias is real, right? We have, um, many of us have been working in organizations for a long time and we're not the customers. We have to remember we're not the customers. And that is a really important piece to get out there in front of those folks because we need to understand what it is that that is um, great for them or upsetting to them so that we can make changes that are beneficial to our customer and, and gain more um, gain more customers in the future. So uh, I find that I say that a lot. The customer isn't you. Like wh however yeah. way that you buy isn't necessarily the way that they buy. The things that matter to you aren't necessarily the things that matter to them. And all of us are not immune from this. We sometimes can't see it. Um, is that the forest for the trees thing? Is that, is that <laughs> something like that? I would also say too, that if you're going to do this yourself, which I don't recommend, um, this is why we had Bill uh, and his team come in and help us, is that your questions can sometimes be biased and written in a biased way that you don't really realize at the time until you have somebody who's outside looking in and saying, yeah, well, this is actually a two-part question, or this doesn't really, like, what is it you're trying to get at? What right. is what is the answer that you're trying to get at? And um, that's where Bill was really helpful for us. Um, so he taught me a few things about surveying folks and um, over the years. And I, I think I've, I've learned a few things from him as well, but the bias is real. And I think that's something that's really important. You well, probably shouldn't do this yourself. <laughs> Well, yes. I mean, it leads to questions like, when did you stop uh, clubbing baby seals? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. and I've seen almost, you know, obviously I'm being flippant, but I swear I've seen things that are very, very close to that, that companies were going to do research. They had the right idea, but then they were asking questions that were just clearly like trying to establish their reality. 
and that's just garbage data, right? And so, you know, if you're spending a few thousand bucks on marketing, hey, who cares, right? If you're spending a million dollars on marketing, now this starts to matter a lot. Um, and so you want to have, you want to make the best hypothesis that you can to reduce your risk. And that's what I think marketing is really all about, is reducing risk. It's not really about websites and brochures and copy and creative and all this. It's about reducing operational risk. And that risk is you're going to blow all your money on a whole bunch of activity and stuff that doesn't deliver the results that you're looking for. In this case, more referrals. And um, I hear the music creeping up in my ear. That means oh. it's one minute. But thank you for, for, for being with us. Is there any last thoughts? I think it's been a great topic. I mean, I hope yeah. people have, have, have gotten something from it. And we'd, would you be on again sometime? We can sit around and talk marketing stuff. Sure. Oh, Absolutely. Boy. I'm fired she up would, about she that. She would be great. She's, she's very knowledgeable, and it's always exciting to, to sit and talk with her. When, when we set this up, she said, well, what are we going to talk about? There's so many different things to talk about. So. <laughs> it's, it's kind of endless. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, we don't always agree on everything. You've been listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. Add to the conversation by commenting, sharing and liking. And don't forget to subscribe and check out the links in the comments. Learn more at b2bmarketingmindset.com.